Welcome to Actions Detrimental. This is episode 5. I'm Bob Dare, and I'm here to talk about this past weekend's NASCAR action in Texas. The Xfinity and the Cup Series were in Texas this weekend, and it was Kyle Larson. Surprise, surprise, winning his eighth race of the season and continuing Hendrick's stranglehold on the 550 package. For the first time in his career, Kyle Larson is now locked into the Final Four. Everyone always said, well, what would happen if Larson got to the Final Four when they finished the season at Homestead? Well, unfortunately, that's not the way it is anymore. He's locked in going into Phoenix, and I just don't know. I I don't see Phoenix as Larson's best track by any means, and it's going to be a 750 package race. So as much as he is the favorite, I just have a hard time saying that he's going to win that race and win the championship, but I don't know. Then again, Chase did that last year in a Hendrick car. If Chase doesn't make the Final Four, Hendrick's going to put every ounce of effort into that five car for Phoenix. It's going to be tough to beat him considering how he's been all year, but how often does the favorite actually win the championship with this Final Four playoff format? With as stacked as this Final Eight is, it's hard to say we had two heavy hitters have problems this week because honestly I think we have eight heavy hitters But Martin Truex Jr. and Joey Logano are really in a must-win situation or at least a must-perform situation. Logano, yeah, he's going to have to win one of the next two weeks after he blew up at Texas. And honestly, he didn't really run that well as it is, but finishing with a blown engine didn't help his case either. But Truex, with a late wreck after contact from Daniel Suarez, 22 points out. That's going to be tough to overcome, but... Martinsville's coming up and he's really damn good at Martinsville and he won there earlier in the year so I don't know if I see Truex making it to Phoenix unless he wins Martinsville but stranger things have happened so we'll have to see how it plays out. Chase Elliott not a spectacular day at Texas by any means eight points out after Texas. Brad Keselowski with a great run top four finish still 15 points out because he didn't get a whole lot of stage points and then it's Truex and Logano rounding out the top eight with Larson locked into Phoenix, obviously. Blaney, second in points, 17 points in. Denny Hamlin, third after a crazy finish to that race for him. Still nine points in, and it's Kyle Busch on the hot seat. Fourth in points, eight points ahead of Chase Elliott. Denny Hamlin's rough end of the race started with contact with Chase Briscoe. We've seen this before at the Indy Road Course. Those two were racing pretty hard, and Briscoe got up into the wall, cut a tire down. Denny was not happy with him over the radio, saying he shouldn't be racing playoff guys so hard. That's bullshit. I'm a, I, I like Denny Hamlin. I don't have a problem with Denny Hamlin like a lot of people do, but that's bullshit. You can't expect Briscoe or anybody out there, let alone a guy trying to get his first win, or just anyone that's been having a rough season to give you a break just because you're a playoff guy. Rewind 2010. How many of you remember David Rudiman? getting spun by Kyle Busch at Kansas in the playoffs. And then Rudiman got him back later in the race, totally ruined Kyle's car. And Kyle had a problem with that, saying, well, I'm in the playoffs, he shouldn't be wrecking me or anything like that. I'm a Kyle Busch fan, but hell, you just wrecked him. What comes around goes around. So Denny Hamlin getting in arguments now on Instagram with Chase Briscoe. This is not what a playoff driver with three races to go, trying to win his first championship, should be doing. Let that shit go. Don't worry about Briscoe. Worry about Larson. Kind of went off on a tangent there, but Denny Hamlin ended up making contact with Ryan Blaney while three wide down the front stretch, hard racing. Cuts his tire down, spins off turn two, hits the inside wall. 
Then gets back out there, gets caught up in a Chris Buescher wreck. Front end of the car torn off, still gets an 11th place finish. Got to drive him nuts because that's his first non-top 10 of the playoffs with an 11th. That's got to get under your skin. But it could have been way worse for the 11 team. So to be nine points up right now, he should be thinking his lucky stars at this point. Speaking of Blaney, let's focus on Ryan Blaney for a second here. I was watching race day on uh, Fox Sports 1 this past Sunday before the cup race, and they were talking about which Penske guy they think could win the championship, and neither of them picked Ryan Blaney. They actually both went with Logano. I don't think so. I think Ryan Blaney is by far the strongest Penske guy this year. Three wins compared to one for Logano on dirt and one for Brad on a plate track. And Blaney is showing his stuff by, he's second in points now, 17 to the good. And Kansas is a pretty damn good track for him. And Martinsville is a really good track for him. So Blaney making it to Phoenix would be no surprise. And I don't know why I see people complaining that he's second in points because of the playoff structure. No, he's second in points because he's having a damn good year that no one's really paying attention to. Moving down the playoff grid a couple spots, let's talk about Kyle Busch. Eight points above Chase Elliott on the bubble. It seems like all playoffs, Kyle Busch has been on the bubble, whether it be uh, 12th out of 16 or 9th out of 12, now 4th out of 8. He's always right there, but he's, he's made it through so far. He had a very frustrating race at Texas. Uh, at one point, he gave out Steve O'Donnell's email address, which I keep refreshing my twitter on my phone because i'm just waiting for a penalty from that to occur um i don't know he won texas last year but this year without his crew chief and it's just the 550 package as much as he's been good at it this year and he's got two wins on the 550 package whenever he's not leading it's the worst thing that's ever happened to him and i don't blame him like again the 550 package is junk if you're not leading, you're stuck in an accordion effect and you, you work so hard to gain on the car ahead of you, but then you'll just go back to where you were and have to do it all over again. And it's just so hard to pass and get side by side. It's just got to be so frustrating for someone like Kyle that has <laughs> infinite opinions and a radio button. So that's why we get to hear what he has to say and what he thinks during the race. But And we're going to another 550 package race this weekend at Kansas where he won early in the season. So... He could be strong, but I said last week I have Kyle in the final four, and I just don't know. Like He's just not out there leading laps. He's not showing the strength he had when he won two races earlier this season. If he gets to Phoenix, I don't think it's going to be with a win. So if he gets to Phoenix without a win, do I see him winning Phoenix? No. So I really don't know how to place Kyle Busch in the rest of this season. Looking at the eight playoff drivers right now, not even looking at how many points in or out they are, I only see three people winning Phoenix. Kyle Larson, even though I just talked about how I don't really see him all that strong at Phoenix, I just think he can win anywhere this season. Uh, Chase Elliott, because he won there last year. And I'm going to throw Denny Hamlin in. Other than those three, whether you make it to Phoenix or not, I just don't see you winning that race. And I could be wrong, but just looking at that now and, th and thinking about it as we speak, if you're not one of those three drivers, I don't think you're taking the championship trophy this year. But obviously you have to make it to Phoenix first. And do I see Chase Elliott making it to Phoenix? I'm not so sure. So I'm definitely skipping all over the place this week. I'm trying not to have a strict format on this podcast, but the race at Texas had quite a lot going on. I hit on some of them. Uh, there was a 15-car wreck in the first stage when Bubba Wallace got loose in the middle of three wide. I voiced my opinion on that on Twitter when it happened. 
I get that certain tracks are more important than others when it comes to competition cautions. Considering that they all pitted when that competition caution came out, it shows that it, I'm sure it was important and was necessary, but there's been a lot of races this year that the mandatory competition caution, nobody pits anyways, what's the point? What I'm getting at here is that a 15 car wreck happened on a restart from a competition caution that you can argue we didn't need. NASCAR praises how exciting the 550 package is on restarts, so of course they're going to throw as many competition cautions as they can every week. So the first lap or two after restart is going to be a highlight reel, and that's what they got. They got a 15-car pileup that took out 10 of those cars on lap 40 in the race, so it's just... It gets frustrating. Like, I don't mind a big wreck, especially one that you're not expecting, but half a lap after a caution that may not have even needed to happen. I just don't know how I feel about that. And that very wreck was almost the end of Kyle Busch's race. He was speeding on pit lane on that competition caution pit stop and then restarted in the back, and I thought it was over for him. When I saw the whole field block like that just after he restarted in the back, I don't know how he got through that, but when I saw that green interstate car go through, I was shocked. I thought for sure that was it and he was going to be pissed. Don't you hate it when you burn your pasta? I never do that. I actually undercooked mac and cheese last week and my girlfriend's tooth is still hurting. But anyway, Front Row Motorsports definitely doesn't like when they burn their pasta because Anthony Alfredo's car burst into flames after contact from Chase Briscoe trying to check up from a Chris Busher spin and his car bursting into flames was on every highlight reel. I mentioned earlier that Martin Truex got wrecked. I want to touch on that for a second because that's a situation where a lot of people are kind of divided on whether or not a non-playoff driver should be racing a playoff driver so hard or if he should have given him room or whatnot. F*** that. In the 550 package, if you even remotely think about lifting from the throttle, you're going to lose five spots. Suarez hasn't had a terrific year. He ain't lifting for the very car that he was fired from a few years ago. That 19 car trying to get down in front of him while he's got a head of steam, f*** that. Suarez is staying in the throttle, whether that means Truex knocks down the safer barrier or not. I respect Suarez. I never like to see someone take someone out, and he didn't take him out on purpose, but I like to see Suarez stand up for himself and say, hey, he came down, I had to stay in the gas. I don't see any reason why anyone not in the playoffs should be checking up or slamming on the brakes for anyone in the playoffs. That's just not racing. So putting Texas behind us, moving forward to Kansas this weekend. Joey Logano won there last year, blocked Kevin Harvick for the last 300 laps because that's what you do with the 550 package. Once you're out front, you got the race won. Uh, Kyle Larson dominated there earlier in the season but got knocked around in a couple late race restarts because, you know, either the guy that dominates the race just cruises to a huge victory or he's just going to have to survive many late race cautions that cause wreck after wreck after wreck, and Kyle Busch scored the win. So... This weekend, I'd again point the finger at the Hendrick cars. They're going to be strong. Now that Larson's locked in, a lot of people are mentioning that Chase Elliott's going to get all, all the extra oomph and focus from the Hendrick shop. That could get him a win this weekend. He won there a few years ago. Danny Hamlin's really strong here. Kyle Busch, again, he's strong here. Logano, he's going to have to follow up from last year to get himself in the playoffs. I just don't see Logano going out there and beating these Hendrick and Gibbs cars this week, but we'll see. But I'm just very looking forward to the last two weeks of the year. The 750 package, put it back in the driver's hands. Let's finish the season like that. Forget this whole accordion effect, drafting, not being able to pass. Let's let the drivers settle this themselves. And here we are still talking about Chase Elliott versus Kevin Harvick. NASCAR called them last week, had a short discussion, according to Harvick, telling him to knock it off, that this thing has got to be settled, or 
punishments will be levied down for the rest of this season, maybe even into next season. No, I don't think they should have stepped in. NASCAR praises and promotes boys have at it and all this shit, but then they go and call the two guys bringing in all the ratings and tell them to knock it off, which they still haven't. Chase is still selling t-shirts and Harvick's still mentioning Chase after the race, so... I don't know when this is going to end. I don't know if it's over already. Martinsville could be interesting. Harvick wouldn't be dumb enough to do anything at Phoenix if Chase made it there. But if he doesn't make it there, Phoenix could be interesting between those two. But I don't know. I just think this thing is just playing itself out far too long. I think it should just be over. Denny Hamlin versus Chase Briscoe, though, on the other hand, that thing could just be starting up again. And I just, like I said earlier, I just think that's a horrible decision on Denny's part to be poking at a non-playoff guy. I don't care if you think he did the wrong thing 10 times this season. Don't worry about it right now. There's three races to go. Worry about the championship. So we'll see what happens this week at Kansas. Everyone's going to be in the damn knot again with this package. So there's sure to be some more fireworks, I'm sure, between a few drivers. Hitting on the Xfinity Series real quick. John Hunter Nemechek got the 54 car back to its familiar spot in victory lane this weekend. Daniel Hembrick, it looked like he might get his first elusive win, but we all knew that wasn't going to happen. He ends up second again to the 54 car, his teammate. John Hunter Nemechek showing that going from the Cup Series back down to the lower series was a smart career move. He's out there getting checkered flags. He's celebrating. He's in the spotlight, and I think that was a good move on Nemechek's part. And he re-signed with KBM, so he'll be winning more races next year too. Uh, the final four in points right now is Hamrick, Haley, Harrison Burton, and Brandon Jones. My prediction from last week, I still hold. I think the top four right now are going to make it all to Phoenix. So we'll just see how it plays out. And, oh, hold on a second. I'm sure you guys are wondering, who's going to the NASCAR hauler this week? You know what? For the first time, I didn't call anyone to the hauler this week. Nobody really pissed me off that much. I do think that the competition caution led to the 15-car wreck, but... You know, you can't just throw someone in the hauler for that. That could be just as much Bubba's fault. I don't know. So I'm going to give the hauler a break this week. Uh, maybe Kansas will end up with six people in it for all we know. That'll make up for this week. I'm sure someone will piss me off this weekend. Maybe I've just been sleeping on a different side of the bed this week. I don't know. Let's not push it. Anyway, Kansas this weekend, kind of known for a lot of big wild wrecks. We'll see if we have any this weekend. We didn't expect that one at Texas, so... Who knows what to expect? Who knows who will be mad at who? I'm excited to see what happens and to see what the playoff grid looks like going to Martinsville. If we don't have anyone lock themselves in this week with a win, Martinsville is going to be a hell of a showdown on points to make it to Phoenix. I'm all for that. So anyway, thanks again. Appreciate you guys tuning in. This was Actions Detrimental.